I'm Linda. And I'm Craig. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. Today's episode 104, and we're talking about why we love to travel. It's 124. What did I say? 104. You're wrong. So wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have another sip of coffee, and you can tell everyone about the Indie Travel Podcast magazine. Oh, yes. If you haven't heard already, we have produced a magazine called the Indie Travel Podcast magazine, and we really think you should read it because it's wonderful. And you can subscribe by visiting IndieTravelPodcast.com and following the links. Smooth. Well, today we're talking about why we love traveling, which is um, pretty important. Yeah, but before we get into it, we're going to talk to you about travels we have done recently. Like last weekend, we took the spaceship. It was our last weekend with the spaceship, which was heartbreaking. So heartbreaking. But my friend Rhee's over from Perth. Well, originally she's from Wales, met her in Perth. Now she lives in New Zealand. It's kind of, you know convoluted but anyway she's here for a year and it was her first weekend so i thought we'd show her some of new zealand and i think i think we did a good job because she was kind of gobsmacked (laughs) (laughs) yeah you could put it that way but the weather certainly didn't help it was raining when we left auckland and we drove north up to madakana with its farmers markets and uh, the vineyards around there. Also went out to Goat Island, which is a nice marine reserve. Well, it's nice and when it's not raining. Stood there in the rain <laughs> and um, had a beer at the microbrewery at the Lee Sawmill Cafe. So it was a pretty nice extended morning. Yeah. Then we continued driving. We got up to Paihia where we stayed the night. It was getting a bit dark by then, and we well, found a place to have dinner and just kind of relaxed out. And the next day we roamed around the Bay of Islands. Now, the Bay of Islands is absolutely, totally and utterly stunning. It's gorgeous. It's um, It's where The Bachelor was set. I mean, you can't get better than that. Um, Sorry. Can you hear my I, silence? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. I've never seen The Bachelor. Yes, that's right. <laughs> anyway, the Bay of Islands is important for New Zealand history as well because that's where the Treaty of Waitangi was signed, which is kind of the founding document of our country. So, you know... Very, very important. So we went to Waitangi and we watched the information video. We wandered around the grounds and went to the um, captain. Was it captain? Uh, whose house was it? James Busby's. Someone's house anyway. And the uh, the furry that's there as well. But the walker was all covered over. It was. It was tragic. But very, very beautiful. And the sun came out on Sunday morning. It was so beautiful. that was cool. Yeah. Uh, after lunch, we went to the Kawiti Glowworm Caves. Yeah. And um, that's really cool. Really micro-tourism. It's family-run. And it's $15 instead of the $80 plus that you get charged to go through the Glowworm and Limestone Caves down at Waitomo. Yeah. And you still get to see lots of glowworms. Yeah. So, cool. so that was really cool. And then... Um, ice cream on the beach and back home again for sunday afternoon so a really nice weekend that was us but we dropped off the spaceship midweek and um that was the end of it if you haven't seen our spaceship um just do a search on site um because there's lots of photos and video and um a good review that linda wrote up there oh should we move on and talk about why we love traveling yeah sounds good and why some of our listeners love traveling too okay sweet well the first question, I guess, is why on earth did we start traveling? And I want to say it's all Linda's fault. Linda was kind of the driving force between getting us out of the country. So, why? Hmm. That is a very good question. Um, 
Well, I remember this story as it's told to me. It's not how I remember it. <laughs> that uh, we were finishing up uh, university qualifications and wondering what to do next and um, having a degree in media studies and English literature and Linda in psychology and English literature. Um, well, let's just say I didn't want to work at McDonald's for the next five years. So we were looking for some other options. That's right. <laughs> And we, we didn't know what we were going to do. We were, you know, we could finish uni and then get a job and, you know, whatever. But I was flicking through the newspaper and there was an ad in the back of the paper saying, teach English in China. And I thought, hey, we could do that. So um, I said to Craig, hey, Craig, how about we teach English in China? And, and I goes, said, that's a stupid idea. So I said, all right, well, fine. We, we won't teach English in China. Fine. Come up with some other idea. And a couple of days later, I had an awesome idea. It was pure brilliance. Also great. And I said to Linda, Linda, why don't we go overseas and teach English, like in China or somewhere? Yeah, and I said, that's a great idea. Then I slapped him in the head. <laughs> As we were driving at the time, it might not have been the wisest of moves. He's like, what was that for? I said, that's my idea. You know, wise women would say that it it might have been a good idea for me to let him believe that it was his idea. But um, as it was, it wasn't. It was my idea. <laughs> And Craig was like, no, I'm sure. We've never talked about this before. And I just shook my head in amazement. Yeah. So that's um, how we ended up becoming English teachers and planning our way around the world. Well, we were just going to go to China, but then we actually still haven't got to China. We've got to Hong Kong, but we haven't actually been to mainland China yet, which is a bit weird considering that we've been planning to go to China for almost the last kind of 10 years. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Ah, uh, well, it shows our, shows our planning prowess off to the world. <laughs> it just means we've always got that dream, that goal to attain, yeah. right? Sure. But I suppose my family traveled quite a lot when I was a child, so traveling's in the blood. I remember some of my first memories of traveling when I was six. We did a big trip around, went to the States and to the UK, Denmark. It was really cool. Yeah, and I was pretty similar. Like, my parents worked for airlines, and they're first-generation Kiwis. Most of my family's in Scotland and um, a little bit in the States. So we'd fly Auckland, L.A., go see the family in, um, down in Orange County, and then from there um, over to the U.K. and spend time in England and Scotland and, mm. yeah, just traveling around. Those 24-hour one-way flights became... Normal. You know, pretty common. <laughs> Anything shorter than 12 hours, it was like, what? Ooh. This isn't a plane ride. Exactly. <laughs> How to get my money's worth. I think also in New Zealand, it's quite common for people to travel when they're somewhere between 18 and 25 to go away for between three months and two years on the big OE, the overseas experience. It's kind of a, a rite of passage. Everyone does it. Everyone goes somewhere, even if it's just over to Australia. It, it's kind of regarded as strange here if you've never been out of the country. I guess that's a... A social reason for traveling. That's not really why we why we <laughs> why love we it. Love it yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I suppose that set us up for why we began to, mm. but why we continue, that's a completely different story. Yeah. So what are some of your first memories of, of us heading overseas? Oh, I, for me, the thing I love most is the new. When we first go somewhere and it's new and it's exciting and you've got to work out what to do and, you know, I love that. I'm mm-hmm. addicted to it. <laughs> <laughs> Smooth. Um, I guess for me, it's, yeah, it's also about new things. It's about, I guess it's about freedom. It's about being able to move whenever and wherever you want to and kind of working hard enough for that next ticket or to pay for that next couple of weeks accommodation. Mm -hmm. And then, um, yeah, the vagabonding, nomadic, semi-homeless, but yet 
connected. Like, I like the community that's around um, online, and it it's not the same as when you kind of hang out with friends that you've known for 10 or 20 years, but still to go into a city you've never visited and meet a couple of people that you've been talking to on Twitter for the last year, mm. um, or a podcast listener that we've been emailing backwards and forwards with for a couple of years, that's... It gives a, a quasi-community on the road. This is true. And I know you don't really like to settle down and work. You like to just work enough to set off on the new adventure. But I love going somewhere and living there for four months to six months, like we did in Malta and England and, and Perth as well, and just kind of immersing ourselves. I mean, six months isn't long enough to really live somewhere, but it's enough to get a feeling for the place and to get into a routine and, and I don't know, kind of get a a real appreciation for the locals and what's going on and the environment. And I feel like, although I only lived there for six months, I feel like I know Malta. I feel like I know Perth, you know, Mm -hmm. I've lived there. I've, I've put some roots down and I feel homesick for them sometimes, which is weird. Mm. (laughs) It's weird. I, I know you're the same. I often feel homesick for the Camino de Santiago, which is a pilgrimage walk across the North of Spain. Um, we were on this walk for about a month. Yeah. It was a thousand kilometers that we walked east to west. And, um, but like every two out of three nights, maybe you'd meet the people you were walking with a couple of days ago. That's right. So there was always this community as people slowed down and sped up. Um, maybe 50% of the people that were sleeping in your hostel, you had already met somewhere along the road. So mm. you were eating together and sharing the journey together and um, blisters together com- yeah apart from some people um, but <laughs> i didn't yeah, get blisters <laughs> it's that um it's that uh community on the road it's it's a shared journey and i guess you also get that in um hostels when you're yeah. on kind of the backpacker trail and the popular areas during high season as you're traveling around you're running into the same people um every couple of weeks and yeah, traveling with someone for a week mm. or two and then just going your own way. So it's I the love community. That. I love that community, yeah. yeah. It's um, yeah, it's just so, I don't know, it's not false in any way. Like, the community isn't false in any way. Mm. Um, I suppose just, because the kind of people yeah. you're meeting are like-minded. They're doing the same things as you. Mm. You know, so you've automatically got something in common. If you've got a community of people in your hometown... The only, well, there's probably other things, but the main thing binding you together is the fact that you're all in your hometown. Yeah. Whereas if you're on the road, there's there's something else, there's something mm. different. You've yeah. had to go somewhere sure. and you've had to invest and do something in order to be part of that community. Yeah. But it's also disparate enough. It's also different enough that you're constantly being challenged by new right. ideas, new people, new cultures. Um even though there's still people just like at home who won't clean after themselves, <laughs> clean up true. after themselves. or So you've got all of those kind of real life issues. You're not escaping into a magical, mystical wonderland. But um, yeah, so that's part of what I love about traveling is not just meeting people or experiencing new cultures, but they seem really cliched, you know? But that's it's exactly like, what you're saying. Yeah. You like meeting people and experiencing new cultures. Yeah, but it's the community, man. It's the community. You just need different words to express the same idea. I do, I do. Um, I asked on Twitter if anyone had anything they'd like to share about why they love to travel. Um, so shall we have a look at some of those now? Yeah, let's. Well, Travel Design D says she loves to travel because she loves nature, nature sounds, sunsets, and seeing new things or old things in a new way. 
I like uh, that seeing new things in an old and old, <laughs> seeing, <laughs> seeing new things in an old way seeing old things in a new way mm, that is nice uh, Gwen McCauley said I love travel especially solo because I walk on the wild side I don't know who I'll meet what I'll discover or how resourceful I'll be and I think that ties into what you were saying about the you know when you first start traveling you have to be very internally resourceful mm. and and just make stuff happen that's nice Jay Hadley Conrad says, Travelling allows you to reinvent your life. New people, new sites, new, f- new food, new cultures, new knowledge. Freedom. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, 20s Travel, that's 20s Travel, said, I love to travel because I love to learn and exploring the world opens up so many new avenues for obtaining knowledge. So true. Yeah. So good. The world is your classroom. Yeah. I love that too. I mean, I think the word learn, oh, it's got that, that classroom idea about it, but you just constantly picking stuff up when you're traveling Mm. you know you're just immersing and absorbing it's great yeah yeah and it's um kind of like daily life on the road you're just you know as if you can get out of your little clique of people you're traveling with and find maybe a guest house or a b&b which is kind of off the track a bit and just stay there for a week or a couple of weeks and get into to daily life mm, totally yep i loved it when we lived in malta and i think three times a week i'd go to the supermarket and i'd go to the fruit shop and you know mm. i'd go to the pastizzeria and you know it's just it was just daily life and i'd see the same people i might not be friends with them but i'd smile and nod at people and we, we kind of had a relationship and i, I loved that mm. yeah something about creating routines yeah um but creating a fresh routine that fits in with that place and that time. Yeah. Um, like I remember when we first went to Greece, uh, we went to the island of Corfu and we were feeling hungry. And so we went out for dinner at about six o'clock, <laughs> which is when... No, it wasn't that bad. It was seven o'clock. Was it seven? Yeah. Okay. But all the restaurants were shut. And we're like, this is a ghost town, this area we're in. We were walking past closed restaurant after closed restaurant after closed restaurant. We thought everything had closed down. Yeah, like... seven o'clock? Eternally. (laughs) Um, But no, they started opening at about 8 o'clock. Eight o'clock. None of them opened um, before eight o'clock. Yeah, so we starved for a couple of hours (laughs) while we waited for the restaurants to actually open and people started eating about eight. So we very quickly had to adjust from um, the quasi-British... Um, time we were eating in Malta of about six o'clock, seven o'clock, and uh, push it back until eight thirty, nine o'clock before yeah, we started our meal. Totally. Remember when we were in Whitehof and Undertire, and every day after school you'd go and get a coffee, and after about three or four days the waiter would know and he'd bring you a coffee without you even asking. Yeah. That kind of thing is really cool. Just yeah. Going these little routines. Yeah, having having a local. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where nobody knows your name because you still don't speak German after living there for a month. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, it's good fun and I like that. I guess that echoes back to that community idea. Mm. Um, but, yeah, that's really cool. Um, so we're kind of talking about food now, aren't we? Food oh, and food. drink. Food and drink. That's one thing I totally love about travel is you can be in your own city and there's lots of different places to try different food. That's great. But you don't really get an appreciation for food of different cultures until you go to those different places and try the food there. Like, picking up a sausage from a stall in the middle of Prague is different from going to a Czech restaurant in Auckland and Mm, ordering a sausage. Sure. Or, you know, just buying... Remember those bread bread rolls we bought in, in... 
was it in um, Romania? We got them all on a on a roll. No, they were, they were, oh, that's right. They're they're on a string. They're on a string. They're, they're rolls of rolls of bread. Yeah, yeah we put about ten of them for our train journey, and they just strung them on a string, and you had like this this loop of string with all these bread rolls on it. Yeah. It was so cool. That kind of thing. You can't you can't recreate that. There's nothing there's nothing in New Zealand like that. Mm. And yeah, I mean they were cheap and they were tasty, and that's all we sure. needed. Sure. Yeah. And I'll never forget this time in Macau where we were <laughs> down down a down a back alley. We were trying to get away from all the casinos and kind of that kind of thing. So we were, we were just wandering around in the back streets and starting to feel a bit hungry and starting to get worried. We were a bit too lost, <laughs> and um, we saw this queue of people standing by a. By a woman, uh, there were a couple of women and a street stall cooking away. So we jumped in the queue and we got to the front of the line and quickly realised that we really couldn't communicate. So we were just pointing at food and making eating gestures. And the woman pulled the money out of the till to show us like what, how much it cost. How much it cost. So we kind of matched coin to coin. <laughs> and um, yeah, we ate this meat. Unnamed meat. Still had hair um, So, yeah, I'm not sure what it was, but it was a food memory that will stay with me forever and ever. It's a good concept, <laughs> eating off a food stall. In fact, I love eating off food stalls. This was not the best experience. It, it, I mean, it was a great experience, was, but yeah. actually eating the food. The food wasn't the best. <laughs> but, um, yeah, oh, you know what else I love? Stuff. I love finding... Awesome local drinks mm-hmm. like you know in New Zealand we have LMP. well like in, in Malta they have Kinney mm-hmm. and in um, the UK they have what's that Vimto or something like that yeah. I love finding those weird oh and in Austria Almdudler these random soft drinks that you know you mention them outside of the country like everyone's like what are you talking about like, <laughs> I really like Almdudler you say that to an Austrian, they're like, yeah, me too. You say it to an Australian, they're like, I have no idea yeah. what you're talking about. Well, you're not talking about beer, you see. <laughs> So, yeah, food and drink is awesome. Shall we jump back to some other uh, Twitter people and what they were saying? Sure. Lady Wanderlust said uh, she loves to travel because of a burning desire to see vibrant urban centres. The massive humanity and intricate dance steps of the inhabitants ignite my soul. Very poetic. Home for Kiwi says, love to travel because of freedom, food, wine slash beer, culture, history, new experiences, friends, joy, life. Yeah. Very succinct. Yeah. I, um, I'm definitely with them on that wine thing. Um, honestly, wine tasting is one of the reasons that I love to travel. I would have to agree with you. Uh, Michael underscore Eri says, I love to travel because it gives you true perspective on how much we all have in common, despite our cultural differences. Julie Marg says, the sound of it, the accent, the music, the rhythm. I'd rather have a tape recording than a photo. That's quite cool, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so true. Hmm. Andrew G. Hayes says, to explore and see other cultures which help you appreciate your own, to broaden your horizon and perspective. Joanna Haugen, or Joanna underscore Haugen, said, life is too short not to take chances and explore what's beyond our own backyards. That's a very good point. Yeah, she got lots of retweets on that, so it's something that obviously kind of resonated with uh, with people online. Yeah, I like it, because I really think you appreciate more if you leave your country mm-hmm. and go and see more and come back to it like whenever i was traveling people asked me why are you away from new zealand because you obviously love your country so much because i'd talk about it 
fun too much. talk about it and I love talk New Zealand, about it. But they say, why would you live? People said, began to ask if you were getting paid by the New Zealand Tourism Board. We have a wonderful country here. I'm not <laughs> about it. But anyway, people ask me this. Why, why have you left if you love your country so much? And I said, I think I'll appreciate it more when I go home. Hmm. And I do. I appreciate it heaps now that yeah. I'm home. But yeah. I also appreciate stuff that isn't so great about it that I hadn't realized before. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. Yeah. Here's another Kiwi, um, Al Ronberg, and he said, every time I travel as a Kiwi, my sense of isolation from the world shrinks and my ignorance and my stereotypes shrink as well. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, New Zealand is three hours away from uh, the nearest Australian city and people consider Australia as quite far away from the cultural centres. Yes. And, um, yeah. New Zealand is very isolated, and we kind of are down here in the bottom of the world all by ourselves. But it's it's so easy to travel. It's so easy to Mm. go away for a week or a month or a year or ten years and see the world and be part of the world. Yeah. I mean, luckily our politics are quite neutral, and so... A Kiwi passport lets you in most places pretty easily. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think that's something to do with that OE as well, the, yeah. the overseas experience. Because we are quite present in other mm. countries. Well, uh, a couple more from Twitter. Um, Gamer Traveller says, because the world's just too big a place for me to see only my little corner of it, and also just for the sheer fun of it. Yep. That's a good reason to travel. <laughs> And a rotary travel says, because too much of a good thing gets boring. Travelling adds flavour to all aspects of a traveller's life. Yeah, so that's um, some of the reasons why we love travel, why you love travel. And um, if you want to be part of a future indie travel podcast, make sure you're following Linda and me on Twitter. So let us know, why do you love travel? Come by the site, IndieTravelPodcast.com, and leave a comment. Absolutely. Before we finish off, I just want to bring up one idea that was raised on a blog post recently by uh, Nora, the professional hobo. And um, I love that uh, that blog name. Isn't it great? Professional hobo, it's nice. There's so many different ways of saying that you travel as a lifestyle. It's vagrant, vagabond, hobo, traveler, you know. Which one do you like best, Craig? <laughs> I don't know. I, I have a love-hate relationship with all of them. At mm. the moment, I'm liking location independent. Yeah. You don't like that, eh? It's too corporate for you. Yeah. It, it sounds like you're working. Whereas, really? Yeah. Just location independent? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, for me, it... I mean, it's nice, but it's too long as well. Yeah, it's too I'm long. I'm a location independent. What? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, to me, it encapsulates that idea of a worldwide community. So, mm. that... That's obviously very important for me. I've never thought about this before. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, Nora um, was writing about a friend of hers who didn't like not only, well, he didn't say he didn't like travel, but he didn't like the way that Nora traveled and said, um, for him, ducking out of society, at least the society we grew up in, means shirking responsibilities and ultimately depriving society of the many talents we have to contribute so as That's someone who travels full-time, are you taking away from what you can give back into society? No. I Expand. <laughs> <laughs> well, surely we've been discussing how we have a community on the road, how we've got this big group of people, the society, basically, that we're, we're a part of. And so surely if we're traveling, we're contributing to that community, to that society. So... 
surely we're giving back just as much just to different people. Mm -hmm. I think we've got a responsibility in part to the community where we grew up, but not not totally. Mm -hmm. I don't think we should have to be rooted just because that's where we were born. That's awful. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and also, my other point is that what if you can't access all your talents by staying in one place? Mm. What if your talents are developed by travel? What if you're actually stunting yourself by not traveling and thereby depriving your society of your talents by not developing them enough? If you, mm. if you don't go away and develop yourself, I mean, you can come back and give back to the society if you want. But if you don't go away and you never develop fully, then ultimately you're killing yourself and depriving society of what you could have been. Yeah. So that's kind of where Nora ended up as well. Um, her conclusion was, while it's argued by my acquaintance that I'm withdrawing from the world and denying it the talents I possess, I rebut with the idea that in fact my talents are being put through their paces and will continue to be as long as I continue to follow my dreams wherever they may take me, geographically or otherwise. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah. So you can read that whole article at uh, theprofessionalhobo.com. It's, um, yeah, it's definitely picked up a fair few comments on the way. So that uh, brings us to the end of the Indie Travel Podcast this week. Um, make sure you drop by the site where you can pick up your new desktop travel wallpaper. It's a really cool photo of Yellowstone National Park. And we've also got a couple of competitions on. Yes. Um, Europe a la carte. Europe a la carte dot co dot uk not dot com gotcha there gotcha. <laughs> um they are giving away a year subscription to the indie travel podcast magazine hey, which is that's a fantastic cool. <laughs> prize um so drop by europelicart.co.uk and you can enter to win that uh nomadic matt at nomadicmat.com is giving away an ipod touch I want one of those. Yeah, well, you better drop by Matt's site, nomadicmat.com, and uh, find out how to enter for that. Well, I think that's pretty much us for this week. Sure is. So until next week, travel well.